Right before I'm getting ready to interview a guest for the show, I have all of my questions lined up and ready to go. And in this one rare instance, we used one question and we made an entire episode out of it. But we went down this rabbit hole and it's going to be really beneficial for you. Just trust me. Today's guest is Lisa Miller and she is a career coach and her brand new book called Career Clarity is coming out very very soon. But Lisa and I are talking about career safety nets and what that can mean for you as a service-based entrepreneur. So get ready to learn some new things, some new moves about your career safety net. And oh yes, we talk about nachos because everything is better with nachos. You're listening to the Side Gig Central podcast, where we truly believe that your side gig has the power to change your life. My name is Elena Ciccatelli, and I'm a small business owner and side gig hustler just like you. I'm so excited to help you redefine what success looks like in today's gig economy. Listen in on honest conversations that I have with the experts and from hardworking side gig entrepreneurs just like you who are killing it with their side hustle. Learn the best strategies, tips, and tricks that have helped others pave their own way and craft their dream side gig. So if you're ready to get started, up your game and do the work, you're definitely in the right place. Let's get started. Lisa, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. It is a pleasure to get to be here. Yes. Well, I'm so excited to have you talk about all things career because God knows we need it right now. <laughs> I don't know about you, but this year has just flipped, just having a career on, on its head. And we've gotten all of our, you know, got lost in the sauce here a little bit. So Lisa, I need you to, to straighten us out. But before we get there, I would love for you to just talk a little bit more about you, your business and how you got to where you are today. Absolutely. Well, I am so excited to get to be here because I am a, a former side hustler who is now a service-based entrepreneur. So I, I've seen all pieces of this process and this journey. Um, I started out my career working in digital marketing and branding and was doing a lot of consulting work, was working with a ton of different clients. And I was realizing that I loved helping people with their stories. And I didn't really help. I didn't really love getting to do that for big businesses and corporations and brands. I want to do it for individuals. And I found myself thinking, you know, I can phone it in here and work in this corporate gig for the rest of my life, but that's not going to feel fulfilling. That is not going to feel like it's using my potential. It is not going to feel like what I'm meant to do here. So I started exploring what was next and where I could go with that, that interest, with that creativity and stumbled upon the idea of career coaching and advising. And threw myself down the research rabbit hole there, learning all about it, and started out just serving one or two clients on the side of my full-time job, just to see, you know, I put a shingle out, will anybody actually pay me to do this? Is this even possible? It became possible. And I was just helping one or two people on the side. So I was not moving the kind of business and the kind of revenue to be able to go full-time. But two major things happened in my journey which enabled me to go full-time and be where I am today. Thing number one being, I was able to make an internal pivot within my corporation to move into a role that was essentially career coaching for them internally at their company. 
which was a fabulous way to start gaining experience and getting, you know, getting the reps in and the practice to be able to do this full time. Thing number two is that I took on uh, an affiliate partnership to do career coaching for another service-based entrepreneur. So I started to build up some predictable revenue and a book of business that way, such that after about seven months of that, I was able to get my own pipeline plus that pipeline to a point where I could make the leap and go full-time. So I've been doing that since 2016 and it has been an amazing, wonderful, life-giving journey. Wow. Oh man. There are so many valuable nuggets inside of that journey there because, um, you know, I love how you had said you were, um, you were doing both for a while, but I love also the combination of that internal, like intrapreneur that you just like pulled off. That was me. How did, how did you, how did you come to your manager with that idea? Were they receptive to it when you were like, Hey, guess what? I want to do something brand new and here's why. Well, you know, something that was really interesting and it's a really humbling part of the story is that I was not crushing it in my job at the time. I was there, I was doing the work, I was doing an okay job. I wasn't doing a fabulous, amazing job and they could tell I was not on fire about the role. So when I came to them and said, listen, I have been doing this little business on the side. It's been so life-giving. I'm interested in seeing if there's a way to do this for the company in some way. They were wildly supportive of having me talk to other people and see how I could stay with the company because they were really big believers in, if you've got good talent, find a way to keep the talent rather than trying to just squish them into one box because businesses need so many different types of talent and skills. Let's see how we can make it work and see if we can make it a win-win. And so I was super grateful for them being advocates and sponsors and champions for me in that way. And super grateful for the opportunity to make that transition, which ultimately was the, the springboard that enabled me to go full time into entrepreneurship. Oh, so good. So good. I love that so much. Oh, all right. Well, I don't want to spend too much time on that because I feel like that is just a topic in and of itself, but I want to talk about creating a career safety net. And you did a fabulous uh, IGTV the other day that I tuned in for. And the title of it was turn your anxious energy about future uh, the future of your job into productivity. And you talk about a career safety net. So walk us through some of the main ideas here, because um, I can't be the only one that's feeling like a little bit anxious and a little bit like, okay, got to just like put my belief in myself hat on 24 seven. How can we really cultivate a career safety net? Well, there are two pieces of this that are important. So piece number one is the sort of like corporate safety net of like having something that you can fall back on. Because one of the things, if you're thinking about entrepreneurship or you're newly into entrepreneurship that can feel really uncomfortable and scary is some of that initial volatility while you are figuring things out, while you're figuring out who you best serve, where to find them, how to make sure that you're having a really compelling conversation with them. And so creating a safety net of something that is predictable and boring and stable like corporate work or like consulting contracts or retainers can be a really helpful way to ease some of that anxiousness and nervousness 
around like, oh gosh, what is my revenue going to look like this month? Oh gosh, where am I going to find my next client? Am I going to be able to pay my mortgage or pay my rent? Am I going to be able to, to feed myself? So remembering that if you've got the chops to make it on your own as an entrepreneur, you also have tons of valuable transferable skills to bring to a, a company or a business or something that's in the more corporate side of things can be a really good reframe and mental model to remind yourself of, listen, if things get really uncomfortable and scary, I can go get a full-time thing if I need to. And if I'm feeling uncomfortable right now, there might be ways that I can piecemeal together a recurring contract or two such that I can feel like I've got a little bit more spaciousness to take on some risk. Like I'll tell you, when I first started out as an entrepreneur, and I was not employed by anybody full-time, I was doing one part community management on a recurring retainer contract, which was great because I knew I was going to get that money every single month. I was affiliate coaching with, I think, three other coaches. So I was using their pipeline, their marketing, their momentum, and serving them. So it was a lower margin, but it was predictable. And I could count on a certain amount of, of clients every month. And then I was working on building my own marketing and my own you know, customer pipeline on top of that. And so having that safety net of recurring predictable revenue was really, really important. Yeah, I everything that you had said about that, just the layers, I'm just thinking of maybe because I'm hungry, I just think about nachos. Like you're just layering in all of these ingredients. Like you had said, you know, maybe you have the lower margin uh, to start off with that great affiliate uh, relationship that you have with another uh, service provider that maybe complements your service just to get the gas burning, just to get your like, Tostitos on the bottom of your foundation. And then we get into like the delicious toppings. And those are maybe your clients that you find organically. But I think you, you bring up such a great point though here is I think there's just this common misconception, especially in the online business world that I'm going to work on my branding. I'm going to work on some content. I want to show some helpful videos. I'm going to snap my fingers and I'm going to get clients in the door paying overnight. And I just think that it's just so unreasonable because you're setting yourself up to be really just disappointed and just like, you know, I, I can't do this, this online business thing. And I, um, and I, I love your approach because not only is it practical, but it also brings in, um, a layer of accountability that you can bring back to the equation and, and really examine it from a business owner's point of view, right? So sometimes as entrepreneurs, we're all like super creative. That's one thing that I can definitely have in common with you is like just not feeling super on fire with what I'm doing at corporate. And that's what turned into this podcast in my current business. So it's like, you know, still being smart about that, those things. Anyway, went down a rabbit hole. I love what you're saying about, <laughs> about all of that. Well, let's riff on that rabbit hole for just a second because... Yeah. So the Tostitos and the nachos are such a great example here because so one of the models that's really helpful for me when I think about entrepreneurship is the revenue model of thinking about baseline revenue versus top line 
revenue, right? And so your baseline, for those, if this is not familiar to anybody who's listening, your baseline is like the stuff that you can count on, that you rely on, that is a little bit more forecastable, a little bit more predictable, that's keeping the lights on. And then the top line is sort of like the, like the giant pile of cheese, right? Or the scoop of guacamole. It's yeah. like the, that's the part that has a little bit more fluctuation to it, which can come with launches. You know, if you're doing a cycle of promotions like that, but to make sure that you are going to be a stable and mentally healthy entrepreneur, you got to make sure that you got both right? If you're building your business so that it's only top line and it's only in this boom and bust feast and famine, you know, you got a giant glob of guacamole and then you have like naked chips. It's not going to feel good. It's not going to feel sustainable. So thinking through your strategy of how you build your business model and your business structure so that you have some revenue that you feel like allows you to exhale and sleep at night that you think you can reasonably forecast into the future versus some of the stuff that's going to have a little bit more fluctuation to it can help for you to feel like you are much more stable. So when we're talking about a safety net, we're really talking about the, the baseline here of how do you make sure you got a baseline, right? And for some of you on your entrepreneurial journey, you might be in the point where your full-time job is your baseline. You might be in a position where you have a consulting gig with your old business and that's a part-time contract and that's your baseline. Or you might be in the position where you're 100% free of whatever corporate past you might have had and your baseline comes in a different form. But thinking about how do I structure myself with some sort of safety net option and then give myself some space to play and grow and create something new on top can be a really empowering way to think about smart business strategy so that you don't feel like you're at the mercy of, you know, any one marketing thing working perfectly on any given month. Yes. Oh my gosh, Lisa. I just want to just reach through the screen and give you a hug because I couldn't agree with you more. So I love that you had mentioned that. I also love the fact that this conversation took a completely different turn than what I thought it was going to be initially. So I won't even get into my second question because it has nothing to do with this topic, but this topic is way better. So, um, so Lisa, any other final thoughts of what, uh, on our, our nacho analogy? Well, I think that the, the closing thought on the nachos is that you're the chef, right? If you are the business owner, you get to decide how you make this, what you put on there, how creative you are, how, how sort of like by the book you want to be. And so don't forget that you're the boss. You get to be in charge. You get to call the shots. And if you can have it any way that you want it, ask yourself, how do I want it? Because the reason that so many of us go for entrepreneurship is because we want to have the autonomy. We want to have the decision-making power. We want to be in charge and be in control. And the last thing you want to do is build a business you hate running. The yes. last thing you want to do is be yes. a boss to yourself. So remember how much power and autonomy and possibility there is within the range of all your choices to figure out how to make it feel good for you. Right. And if it is not feeling good for you to be in entrepreneurship, give yourself permission to look at and notice and recalibrate about, okay, what's feeling out of whack? What's in my control that I can do about that? And what kind of support and help can I get with that? Because the other pressure that entrepreneurs sometimes find themselves in is that I have to do it all myself. I have to do all the things. I have to be all the people. And man, oh man, 
That would make entrepreneurship no fun for most of us over time without getting help with doing the stuff that is not in our zone of genius, that drains us. So be not afraid to let yourself dream about what the ideal plate of nachos looks like, how you would create it, who might help you, who might help you eat it, because entrepreneurship does not have to be a solo sport. And in fact, it will usually be much more isolating and lonely and painful if you think about it that way. Yes, yes, Lisa, exactly right. And I also, this other other thought just came into my head really quickly is um, if you're not building that first layer, you're then getting into some desperate money decisions, some desperate money moves and your, your bank. And you had mentioned about, you know, putting all of your eggs in one basket for this one holy grail launch that is, oh my gosh, going to take my business to soaring new heights. And then it just completely falls flat. It wasn't the right offer. The messaging wasn't right. Whatever. There could be a whole host of like domino effect reasons that it actually didn't turn out as fabulous as, as you want to, but those kind of, um, you're then coming from a place of, as you had mentioned, power, autonomy, um, and and really, really giving yourself the grace to mess up. I can't even tell you how many times I messed up, Lisa. <laughs> I can't even tell you. But I think I think that you know, come with the experience of of knowing that okay, if I have this other baseline, name it whatever it is, give it a name then I am then when I do my layers of my nachos, I am not going to be making any desperate money decisions. So boom, we just have a glorious new analogy that I'm a huge fan of. Now, Lisa, I want to talk about your book because I need everybody to go and pre-order Lisa's book. And Lisa's book is called Career Clarity. Give us the details on the book, Lisa. Absolutely. Well, I the book is intended for people who are trying to figure out what their next move is and they need a framework. They need a way to think about it so that they can understand what's going to set me up on a trajectory that's going to feel really good versus what's going to set me up on a trajectory where it's the same crap different day, right? I just take my baggage from one opportunity to another opportunity. And it's well suited to help folks if you're thinking about making a move in corporate, maybe you're looking for a bridge job to move into that can be your incubator spot for as you're launching your business. It's also good for thinking about how you actually want to build a business, what you want to be giving, how you want to be serving, and designing some of the entrepreneurial pieces to feel really good. So if either of those are things that listeners are needing some support with and some encouragement around, you can pick up the book Career Clarity, anywhere that digital books are found. But if you want to get more information on where to pick up your copy, you can go to getcareerclarity.com slash book. And I'll have links to everything there, including some fun pre-order bonuses if your your listeners are acting quickly. Yes. All right. All about the bonuses. And also too, Lisa, how can um, folks connect with you online if they just want to like lurk a little bit and, and see what you're all about? <laughs> well, you can certainly find me on social media at, at Career Clarity. Um, on Instagram and Twitter. But if the best way to get to know more about me and what what we do and how we support people is at getcareerclarity.com. We've got some awesome downloadable resources. We've got a podcast that you can tune into. So lots of things to get a sense of how we support people, how we help you think through what's next and how to make some power moves and some money moves in the coming year. Yes. Oh, I love that. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for your time. This has been an amazing conversation. I'm just so excited to be connected to you and continue to learn from you. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It was a joy. 
Thanks so much for listening to the Side Gig Central podcast. You can dive into the show notes for this episode and for all past episodes at SideGeekCentral.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. And while you're at it, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Thanks again for tuning in. I'll talk to you very soon. And by the way, keep up that side hustle because it looks good on you.